Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Well, we got a very, very special guest here today, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. The film that is just coming out today is called The Stanford Prison Experiment. Now, what is that? Well, what happens when a college psych study goes shockingly wrong? In this tense psychological thriller based on the notorious true story, Billy Crudup stars as Stanford University professor Dr. Philip Zimbardo, who in 1971 cast 24 student volunteers as prisoners and guards in a simulated jail to examine the source of abusive behavior in a prison system. The results astonished the world as participants went from middle-class undergrads to drunk-with-power sadist and submissive victims in just a few days. Winner of two awards at the Sundance Film Festival, including Best Screenplay, and created with in close participation with our guest, Dr. Zimbardo himself, the prison Stanford Prison Experiment is a chilling, edge-of-your-seat thriller about the dark side of power and the effects of imprisonment. We are honored and thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Philip Zimbardo, who for the course of this interview will be referred to as Dr. Z. Dr. Z, welcome <laughs> Dr. Z, welcome to Film School. How are you? I'm fine. I'm happy to be here and happy to um, promote uh, this film, which has been 35 years in the making. Yes. Um, so I'm so, I'm so happy to, to sit in a, a theater and see it before I die. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should be proud of it. It's a, it's a wonderful film. And we'll talk about your involvement and your work with uh, sure. uh, Kyle uh, Patrick. Alvarez, and also with Billy Crudup. I'm sure you had some yeah, input with him. Sure. And also, yeah, uh, I did, of course. Yeah, and also, um, um, just, uh, well, I want to talk about a lot of things. And I also okay. want to point people to, to your TED Talk, uh, which okay. I thought was wonderful. You can go to the TED Talk website mm-hmm. and, and look it up. But I, I thought, and it's, it was a great kind of prim- primer for me uh, to refresh my memory. Uh, about what had happened during the Stanford prison experiment. So I I recounted it a bit in my introduction. Is there anything you want to add to that introduction in terms of, uh, you know, people's understanding? What were you, what prompted you to decide you wanted to go forward with an experiment using undergrads to do what you were doing? Well, there are several things. One, the the, uh, practical public thing was I was concerned about um, abuses happening in prisons, and the question is, you know, were prison guards psychopaths, sadists, uh, were they, were they, you know, guys who who were, were dishonorably discharged from the military? So, is it is it all about if you if you got rid of you know bad guards, would prisons be you know healthier places? That you know, so that's one thing. So, what happens if you have only good guards, bright, intelligent college students who are normal, average on all personality tests? You know, would those kind of abuses disappear? The answer in advance is no. The other thing was, at a, at a psychological level, I was following up the earlier work by Stanley Milgram uh, on blind obedience to authority, in which um, ordinary men, not, not college students, men aged 20 to 50, many of them, two out of three, delivered painful, in fact, maybe lethal electric shock uh, to an innocent person. Uh, and my study wanted to follow up, not what happens when 
some unjust authority uh, pushes you to do bad things, but what happens if you're simply playing a role? Uh, if you're in a situation uh, where th- that role has some validity, you're a manager, uh, you're, you're a teacher, you're um, you know, a parent. Uh, so we, we live our lives in roles, uh, and what happens when that role takes on new meaning and the key is in an unfamiliar setting. Yeah. And the point is, what happens when you have total power over somebody else? You know, do you use that power for good? Or in this case, do you use it for evil? Right. And I think that's so key, what you just said. Because we are, we are, I'm, we're, I'm playing a radio host right now, right? I'm, I right. play, I play what I do at work. I play son to my, you know, we're all in roles. And I think it's key that, that uh, the element in this is that you're given uh, unchecked power in in this circumstance, right. and um, yes. Yeah, so again, it's really that it's you know. See, if somebody says, "Who are you?" People give their role. I'm a teacher. I'm a manager. If, especially when you have a young kid. I'm a parent. That's not who you are. Right. That is a role you play, and over time, you become the role. And the only question is, what happens when it's a totally new role for which you have no prior preparation and, that, and that's what we see in this in this study yeah and and also just based on what uh i what you were talking about in your ted talk and in your work really at the, at, at the core of this aren't we you're really in the process of trying to determine what goes into our perception of evil behavior i mean that's that's really what are you trying to get to the heart of here what is it right. yeah. what is it that causes people Good, as you said, good people to do evil things. But what is the nature of that? Can you have evil without good? Can you have good without evil? There has to be some. Con- I mean, that's. Uh, go ahead. I'm putting words in in your mouth yeah. there. But no, no, that's it. Yeah, no, it's it's um, uh, the the talk I gave at TED was I think six or seven years ago, and that was really prompted by uh, the scenes of American military police, army reservists in Abu Ghraib doing horrific things to prisoners they were supposed to be protecting. Right. And the point was that uh, the images of those soldiers were exactly like the images of the prison guards in the Stanford Prison Experiment, putting bags over prisoners' heads, stripping them naked, you know, you degra- uh, sexually humiliating and degrading them. So I became an expert witness for one of those guards, even though I knew he was guilty and thought what he did was reprehensible, but nevertheless, as an expert witness, I could have access to him, to everything about that prison, to all thousand of those images. Uh, and, and so, essentially, what it really said to me is that little study done in the basin at Stanford, you know, has, enduring, has an enduring legacy that it informs us in a unique way about things that are happening around us, wherever there is powerful role conflicts, wherever there is, somebody has... You know, enormous power uh, that is part of that role, we can expect to see abuse. I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to sound, uh, it's going to be indelicate in the way I say it. But okay, I, good. I, but is that, is in a manner of speaking, isn't that the good news? Isn't it that, that, <laughs> that, that, that there's something universal <laughs> about human behavior and therefore, it gives some hope that there are ways to alter those perceptions. And maybe, I mean, maybe there's some genetic component here. I don't, I'm not quite as versed, I'm not as versed on, yeah. on the subject. But is there something to be said for 
for knowing that this behavior about power and the dynamics of power and control over people and all of those other things, isn't that open the door to, okay, how do we address this in a way to mitigate it? No, absolutely. It's not indelicate. I mean, the question you asked is really a fundamental one is that, you know, whether or not any of this is genetic, uh, uh, not, I don't think so. Um, that is, it's clearly learned. It's learned early on. That is, little kids see parents in abusive power relations. Little kids see teachers abusing their power. We've seen uh, much too much Catholic priests, you know, uh, abusing their power. So, so again, you know, this abuse, let's call it abuse of power, is really all around us. And again, we've lived through, you know, horrendous wars. We've lived through the Bush administration abusing their power yeah. uh, to get to get us involved in an immoral, illegal war, you know, with his buddies Cheney and, and Rumsfeld. Uh, so, so again, we go up, but the message is, does it have to be that way? And the answer is no. It doesn't have to be that way. But I think making my, as an educator for the past 40 years, my role has been to say, look at this research. It's not just the one study. I, I wrote a book, The Looser Effect, where we have two chapters on all the ex- available research that shows the same thing, that situations can overwhelm us, uh, can overwhelm our moral conscience. And so the key is how to be sensitive to and aware of those situational dynamics. So you prevent them, you avoid them, you minimize them. We're speaking with Dr. Philip Zimbardo, or Dr. Z, uh, regarding his work, his his experiences, and his experiment known as the Stanford Prison Experiment. And also, we're talking about the movie. Let's talk a little bit about the film that comes out today, The Stanford Prison Experiment, a film directed by Kyle Patrick Alvarez. Um, and and I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. You, you, did were in terms of how this project got underway were you approached by him or by somebody else the writer to to start this process of making it sounds like you said it this was a film that's been yeah. in the making for 35 years well what point did you yeah. did it become a reality for yeah. you did you know it was going to happen it became a reality like three years ago i mean literally in 19 i mean 35 years ago i'm invited to hollywood to the brown derby which was this incredible restaurant <laughs> that looked like a brown derby to meet with a screen a famous screenwriter named sterling Silifant, you know who won the oscar for i guess heat of the night mm-hmm. who who a former student of mine working in hollywood told him about the study and he got all excited well, he's going to do it and then i guess he ended up doing the poseidon adventure in jurassic park who knows what else you know and so he he got on and then over the years you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, was involved because his father, George, had been a student in New York. Uh, uh, and many, so there had been many iterations, many scripts. And I finally gave up. You know, and then uh, there would be a company that had seven producers and each of them wanted seven different things. So I just gave up. And then about uh, 13 years ago, Brent Emery from Coup d'etat film, The Young Guy, mm-hmm. said, I love this movie. We, uh, this, I love this this idea as a movie and he hung in got got a, a group of producers you know to come up with two million bucks which is you know low budget film yeah. uh, for independent film and and they hired uh kyle alvarez and they hired tim talbert who's a scriptwriter who actually won an award at sunday and i was working closely with with him meaning mm-hmm. when i was writing the looser effect i was sending him chapter by chapter of the, uh, the all the scenes between prisoners and guards. So in the movie, 
almost all of the dialogue is exactly what happened in the prison study. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only very few cases where they, you know, they had somebody else say the thing. So, so the point is, the movie is really a very faithful recreation of what happened. Also faithful in terms of the physical reality. They sent a crew down to the basement at Stanford, a production crew, did videotapes, measure, you know, measurement. So everything there is almost within an inch of what actually uh, was, inch of what was really in that basement. Well, then I guess the question that follows from that is, were you on set much? Did you spend time around the production itself? Yeah, I only spent, uh, now they shot all the scenes of prison guards in two weeks uh, in a uh, in on a studio a studio set in Burbank, and that was a closed set. So I didn't see. I see that. I did go to um, I guess it was South Hollywood where they shot all the scenes of Billy and and his research staff and the parole board hearings and visiting day. Uh, so I was on set several several days. Got to meet Billy. Got to got to meet some of the um, some of the key uh, key players. Got to meet Olivia Thirlby who plays. Christina Maslach, my girlfriend then, and my, my wife now. I, uh, that's a great story in the TED Talk, which I won't give away about your yeah. <laughs> your girlfriend. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I could. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, there, at some point during the experiment, she walks in. Uh, this is real time, back in the seventies when when the experiment was going on. Go, you tell the story. I'm not going to go ahead. So, yeah. so no, no. So, so the point is that <laughs> what's happening is day by day, hour by hour. Everyone is getting into their role. And what that means is the guards are becoming abusive guards. The prisoners are beginning to have emotional breakdowns because the guards have created a totally arbitrary environment in which prisoners are experiencing what in psychology is called learned helplessness. Nothing they did was good enough. So the guard told a joke, they laughed, they got punished. The guard told a joke, they didn't laugh, they got punished. So again... And, and so each day, from day two on, a prison had emotional breakdown. Um, and I'm not realizing that I, too, am being overwhelmed by the power of the situation. I am gradually becoming the prison superintendent. So instead of seeing prisoners suffering, a prisoner breaks down, my job is replace them, get somebody on the, on the waiting list. Uh, and so I, I was unaware that I had lost my compassion for my uh, I had lost my compassion my capacity for compassion and on Thursday night I invited Christina Maslach who had been my student at Stanford is now a beginning professor at Berkeley and as it shows in the movie we had just moved in together to live together in San Francisco with the idea if it worked we'd get married she comes down sees the guards abusing the prisoners and runs out runs out of the basin. I run after I said, what's wrong? We have this big argument in front of Jordan Hall, the psychology department. And she says, essentially, you know, these are not prisoners. These are not guards. These are not students. These are boys and you, and they are suffering and you are responsible. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still not processing that. And then she says, wait a minute. If this is the real you, I know you as a caring, loving person, because uh, she knew me as a teacher for many, many years, where I have a, I've always had a reputation as some, a professor who loves students, who, who you know does everything he can to make students comfortable, etc. She said, I don't think I want to continue my relationship with you. So that's an enormous slap in the face. And it's also very heroic. She says, you know, for a moral principle, she's willing to give up, you know, a future romance with the Phil Zamora. And at that point, I said, oh, my God, you're right. 
you know, I have been changed by the situation, the system that I created. So I said, so we have to end the study. Uh, I got to think of this. It's now uh, Thursday night, like almost midnight. You know, I got to do a huge amount of logistics to end the next day. Now, in the movie, they have the confrontation, but they don't have me say, I will end the study, because they thought the movie has to end then, and it makes her a heroine, but it's, it's, it's powerful, but not as powerful as yeah. the scene they put in where I go down back to the basement, I, I, I turn on my monitor, and I see the guards doing abuse after abuse after abuse of the prison. It's actually 10, 10 of the most riveting, most uh, distressing scenes, I think, in movies. And then finally I run in and say, it's over, it's over. The prison, Stanford Prison Experiment, not, Stanford Prison Jail is closed. Um, and uh, so that's the way that's the way the movie ends. You know, and, and I, we okay. should, I should say to the audience, you know, uh, next year, almost exactly a year later, we got married in the Stanford Chapel and have lived together forty four years, <laughs> uh, very happily. Well, it, it's a it's a it's a great film. The the acting is superb. Uh, the, and the situations as you're describing them um, were are riveting in terms of just uh, the power of them, the power to wa- watching these people transform. You know, see, again, the last thing I'm going to say is this research is now in a time capsule okay. because it can never be done again. Like, and given that people, given that college students suffered in an experiment, uh, there, it, there can never be a behavioral experiment like this. So the study has a unique significance because it's trapped in the, in the time of 1971. Uh, there's so many interesting questions that can't be answered, yeah. like what would happen if we had all females, all women guards right. and women prisons? What would happen if we had you know, more diverse cast rather than mostly white guys? Uh, suppose it had all Latino kids or, or um, uh, African-American kids. So there are a lot of, or so what would happen if we trained guards in advance how to be compassionate, how to be more uh, humane, you know, would you not get the abuses? So that's the only thing I feel sad about is that there's so many really important dynamic questions that can't be answered uh, using this this um, experimental psychological uh, technique. Well, you you open the door, and uh, I, I it's a wonderful film, uh, and I'm I'm so grateful you were able to join us today, and 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 for your work, and as I said, you you know the the TED Talk. You can go to your website. Uh, Philip Zambara. Zambara. Oh, also, uh, please tell you already, also, there's a great website called prisonexp.org. Prison. prison EXP Short for Experiment. It has everything there is about the prison study. All the original videos, okay. everything, uh, almost everything I've written about it, everything about prisons. And the reason this is really hot today, President Obama is the first president in history to actually visit a prison, and he's now calling for prison reform, yeah, which has never right. been the case. Right. Well, thank you, Dr. So we are timely. We are hot. You are. You are hot, and, and I'm so grateful for that, for that, uh, for that part of the story. The Stanford Prison Experiment, the film by Kyle Patrick Alvarez. It's in theaters today. Dr. Philip Zimbardo, or Dr. Z, has been kind enough to join us here on Film School. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Mike. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.